The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, number 32, for January 2nd, 2006. <music> Greetings, folks, and welcome. Happy New Year. I'm Happy Dave. New Year. Happy New Year. I'm Dave Hamilton. That guy I'm there, John that's John Brown. Yeah. Uh, how was your New Year, John? Um, uneventful. Really? Yeah, nah, just stayed in. I uh, some movies. I had a gig uh, that night, and uh, it started snowing the moment I left the house. And uh, it, the roads looked like they were fine, but Mm-mm. clearly they weren't. I saw between here and I played down in Saugus, Massachusetts, which is about, I don't know, an hour away. And uh, normally an hour away. And uh, I saw seven accidents happen on the way there. One where a car actually just like came across the highway in front of me and creamed this truck in front of me. Wow. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed. Uh, I saw the thermometer and it was, uh, it was below freezing. Yeah, exactly. It was snowing uh, on and off. So, uh, yeah, but best to just stay. Yeah, yeah. So we had a good gig, though. So it was fun. And, uh, Gary Sharon of, of Extreme and Van Halen fame actually sat in with us for a little bit. So that was fun. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, 2006, we're here. We're here. We're, we're still here. <laughs> Much to your dismay. No. Uh, we're, we're here, and we're actually thankful to have you uh, listening to us. So th- this week's show was actually prompted by a couple of things, uh, or a topic for this week's show. We've got a couple of things to talk about. Um, but, uh, the, 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 one of the major focus is going to be, uh, things that your Mac does behind your back. We're also going to talk about, talk about our podcasting setup, specifically the one on, on this end here on my end, uh, because I've changed things dramatically. Hopefully the sound is, if anything better, uh, hopefully obviously not, uh, not worse. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about what I've done there too. And, uh. And all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, some issues here. Uh, I think, yeah. uh, the, at least the sound on my end here, I mean, with this uh, wonderful new microphone I have here. The, yeah. Uh, the Heil PR30. The PR, the John's using the PR30. We'll talk, we'll talk about all that uh, more toward the end. Um, and and this, 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 this podcast is actually brought to you by Cashfly Hosting. And, and, I, and I use the term brought to you because they are the ones from whom you, you downloaded this. Uh, and it's something we're testing out with them, but they, uh, it seems like a, a good thing, so... Hopefully uh, that will that will con- it will work out well and that will continue. So, uh, I am going to do something here that we've never done before and probably won't do again, but we'll do it. We'll do it because it's ours. You got the latest iPod, and everyone knows it. You've made sure to show off those white earbuds when grooving to the beat. Friends are jealous, and you love it. But you have a dirty little secret. You're terrified that they'll find out your music collection ends with songs from 1999. And it's mostly insane. <laughs> it's time for an update. Discover new music at iPodobserver.com, featuring an eclectic range of genres with ratings of classics and new hits. While you're there, make sure to stay on top of the latest trends in iPod gear with our reviews. Staff picks don't suit your fancy? Hit up the community for an even broader set of opinions from music to tricking out your iPod and more. All the news plus reviews in the iPod universe you need. 
It's now playing at iPodObserver.com. Get the full iPod experience. So there you go. That was uh, that was. It, we are not fans of doing the canned commercial here on uh, on the Geek Gab, and really haven't found an opportunity to to even experiment with it. But that was actually done by Stephen Swift, one of the programmers uh, mm. behind iPod Observer, and he had a college uh, assignment where he had to create a, a commercial for something, and so he did that. And I thought nothing more appropriate to uh, to experiment with than than his commercial. So I like it. The only thing is, I'm afraid some people may not know what that scratching sound is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know the the record scratch because I don't yep. think a lot of a lot of people know what a record is anymore. Uh, yeah, they may not. You're probably Even right. CDs. I mean, with you know all the wonderful you know digital music and digital video options. Yep. So, some some people like me, me and you still know what records are. Yeah. Well, we I, we still I still own some actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, vinyls very uh very popular. Oh, my parents, man. I'm telling my. If I can ever, actually, my mom is a nut on eBay. If I if I can just get my dad, because I looked at some of the records he has, and I'm like, my gosh, you could make a lot of money putting these on eBay. Yep. Yeah. Some real rare ones. So, uh, anyways. All right. So uh, let, let's talk about let's talk about what our Macs are doing behind our backs. All sorts of things. I don't trust my Mac. No. This this was actually this topic was sparked by uh, an article that John Keat wrote here uh, at TMO. Of course, links will be in the show notes at uh, macgeekgab.com or macobserver.com slash podcast. Uh, and and the the title of his article uh, was Spotlight is your Mac going to rat on you? And what he found in a nutshell was that Spotlight, uh, among all of the other faults that he likes to find with it, is actually uh, storing m- metadata on on your drive, not not associating it with the files necessarily, if, if I understand correctly, but uh, but uh, the uh, on the drive uh, itself. And John's skyping me here. John, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. Yeah, breaking up a little bit there. We'll we'll okay. talk about some of our uh, audio issues later. But yeah. Well, that yeah. that was that I I can guarantee you was a Skype breakup, and we'll talk about why I know that later. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, every now and then you get kind of jittery, but uh, the, the listeners, you know, the metadata is it good or is it bad or is it is it just kind of neutral and it depends on how you use it. What what what's your feeling? You're you're more security conscious than I am, John. So I uh, I always defer to you on this sort of thing. You know, it just uh, to me it depends. I mean, a lot of times, you know, the technology doesn't know whether it's for good or for evil. It, it it's all on how you use it. And you know, I've seen a lot of things. You know, metadata and aggregated stuff and all that. For example, like you and I are both TiVo fans. Yes. They have an option where you can opt out. I don't know if you've exercised that option. Where, where they basically take aggregated da- viewership data yeah. and right. they give it, you know, they sell it to various people. And, you know, I'm okay with I'm aggregated okay with that. data. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. As long as, um, you know, they're honest about it. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I'm okay with people that guard your data properly. There are a lot of laws um, in the U.S. and other countries. Yep. And actually, I think Europe is very strict about some of these things. Europe tending towards the, uh, you have to explicitly opt into things. Is that right? Is that how it works over there? Don't kid. Uh, for, for a lot of their laws. I, I mean, yeah. I'm generalizing here. But a lot okay. of times, you know, the assumption is that, you know, the default mode is you don't want to get marketed to death. Whereas in the U.S., it tends to... From what I've seen, go the other way. If you work with like the DMA, Direct Marketing Association, and yep. folks like that, or the Do Not Call list, you can, uh, you know, keep people out of your mailbox or out of your, out of your telephone. But um, you know, to me, it's a balance. I mean, a lot of times, you know, if you, you know, I, I go to the store and I have one of those store cards. You probably do too. And yep, I like to get special offers on things that I'm interested in. And and personally, I would like if you're gonna 
give me advertising that it's targeted towards something I'm interested in. And to do that, you got to collect data on what you I got do it. and what I'm into. So, yeah. Um, but you know, for companies that don't handle your data properly, like every now and then you'll see, you know, these guys, um, you know, they'll lose the data or they'll put it on a website and not lock it down and stuff like that. And right, and, right. But what, what so about this? What about okay this spotlight thing? What do you, what do you think about that in particular? I mean, Spotlight, you know, it's doing something useful for you. It's, uh, you know, collecting data and metadata and stuff like that. I mean, as long as it doesn't, you know, the data doesn't fall in the wrong hands. So. Well, that and, that, and that's kind of what he talked about because he, he's right. I mean, it, the Spotlight data, it, 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 it's tracking all sorts of things. Um, it changes to the files that you've made and any, obviously any keywords and that sort of thing. But I believe from from, from what I've read in, uh, here and in other places, it uh it stores, you know, where you downloaded things from, and I think even if you move something on your drive, it, uh, I think it, it, it stores that to a degree as well. Uh, but it stores it on your particular hard drive, so as long as nobody gets a hold of your Mac, you're okay. The problem comes in when you start using removable drives, FireWire or USB drives, especially thumb drives. You got meta. You could have metadata floating around on thumb drives for files that you deleted a long time ago. So I could give you some some sensitive data right on a thumb drive, John, and then you give it back to me. I delete it, and then I go and and put something else on there and, and give it to someone else. They could go, in theory, anyway. They could go get the metadata from that particular, uh, you know, on that thumb drive that relating to files that are no longer there. Correct. Uh, I would think, in theory, uh, that that actually brings up. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember the piece of software. It's uh, it's called. Well, there's something that John called uh, John Keat referred to called Remove OS 10 Junk, and uh, and there's a link to it in his article, and we'll put one in in the show notes here. Uh, that that's supposed to go and and strip off of uh, uh, off of this metadata, rather strip the metadata off of the files. Although I'm not sure. Let's see. I'm not sure that you can strip it out of the. I think all I think all that does is removes the metadata from the file itself, but doesn't necessarily remove it from the drive. Uh, although there's another app called MainMenu.app that allows you to delete the Spotlight Index on on uh, on on your drive, and so that would that would in theory, if you ran both of those, that that should give you a a way to send things out cleanly. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing you mentioned is kind of interesting. There is one product um, that I remember see- seeing the folks, uh, ProSoft. Okay, um, yeah. has a product, uh, Picture Rescue, I believe it is. Okay. Yes. And it was funny because the first time I saw it, and, and you know, I kind of suspected, I kind of guessed that what it would do before, you know, I actually tried the product and they demoed it, but it was really neat. But it basically goes to, and a lot of drives do this, the the drives in the cameras and also uh, a lot of hard drives, though, with, uh, you know, with Unix and stuff, it, it Maybe not, but a lot of times when you delete something, you're really not deleting it. You're just deleting a pointer to it. Now, especially with digital right. cameras, most digital camera media, when you delete the pictures, one is it doesn't really delete the whole picture and that it wipes out the picture data because that would be an expensive operation. You know, would have to scrub the data as well as getting rid of the entry. So what right. they do just for the sake of speed is they just get rid of the pointer to the data. And for most purposes, that that's good enough. Though what their utility did, for good or for evil, is it would scour through your flash media 
um, or whatever you know memory card you use in your camera, oh. and would recover pictures. And it was interesting the first time I tried it because there were pictures that were very old that you know I just knew I had taken at one point. It was very interesting that they, uh, you know, seeing some of that stuff there. Now, the, to complement the product, they did introduce a feature because then I put on my security hat and I'm like, you know what? In addition to recovering things, you may want to offer an option that actually does a scrub of the data. Right. Yeah. Uh, now it's going to take a lot longer because it's going to write ones or zeros or some exactly. some pattern. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there's also a actually in OS 10 there's also a uh, secure or like kind of thorough delete. There, there is. There's a secure empty trash is what the option is mm -hmm. called. I think in the in the Finder menu. And and it I my understanding again is that uh, that it does exactly what you're talking about. It normally and and most of you know this, but it's it's worth stating uh, when you go to delete a file, like John said. All it does is remove the entry from the, the directory listing. The file's data stays out there until the drive or until the OS decides that it's time to write something else there, right? With a secure delete, uh, it, it actually not only removes it from the directory, but it then goes out and overwrites random data or, or seemingly random data onto, or useless data, I should say, onto uh, the, the sectors where that, that data was stored. Now, even that stuff can can be recovered right i mean i've heard that you can go what nine levels deep or something they, they find a latent image in there if uh if they really if, if the government wants your data they've got ways of getting it so i think they can yeah there, there's nine, nine layers or something like that on a drive right yeah there or there's there's levels of memory where you know especially you know with these uh you know three letter agencies right um who we won't mention any of them <laughs> nsa well, actually it'd be nice if they listen hi guys yeah yeah. yeah. Actually, they, they've been doing a lot of John, John they already they already have our names. Mm. We're not going to talk oh, about yes. that though. This is a new year. Oh, phone adventures. It's been many many years, so we're not going to talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, actually the NSA has been doing some uh, monitoring, but that that's for another type of podcast. Yes. Um, so anyways. Okay. Uh, well, so that that's that. There, there and that, that actually leads into one other thing I had in here. The Mac uses virtual memory and, and we're we talked about it in a previous show we're not going to get into the 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 uh the finer points of the definitions of virtual memory uh, right now but the mac stores this virtual memory in, in in what it calls swap files and those files are stored in slash private slash var slash vm and uh and it's possible that things that you've typed or had files you've had open bits and pieces of that can be stored in those files it's that it, and so it's a good idea in theory the mac will delete those things when you reboot but again anything that was on your drive that hasn't specifically been overwritten can be uh can be found it, as an aside the uh as an aside to an aside is that okay to have are we like back on the track tangent or, uh, it's a double tangent there you yeah, go, go ahead. <sighs> I'm sitting down for this show because I want to kind of have a hand on everything that's going on. So I'm a little little antsy sitting here. I don't get to Ooh. I don't get to burn off my energy mo mo walking around while we're doing this. So I'm not sure if that's because good. You are the more energetic of the two, I would say. Yeah, somebody had a. Oh, we'll talk about that comment in a minute. But somebody had a good comment yeah. on iTunes about that. We don't want to have yet a third tangent off of this. Um, it the if you look in private var vm, you'll see the Mac creates swap files as uh, as necessary. And I believe it starts with uh, with 128 meg file and then doubles the size from there until it gets to one gig files and then just keeps creating one gig files. So it, in 
in theory, the Mac should manage this well, but it doesn't necessarily always do that. So if you open up a terminal and go to uh, you type CD for change directory space slash private slash var slash VM, and then do an LS space hyphen LHAT, you'll actually see what files are out there. And you're looking for sw files named swap file X, either swap file zero, one, two. Okay. And it starts at 64 megs in Tiger anyway, at least on this machine. Mm -hmm. Um and if you see that you've got, you know, if you've got one or two swap files open, that's pretty normal. If you have like five or six of them, chances are you've got too many things open on your Mac. Yes, I know OS X is supposed to manage all that nicely, but go ahead and quit some stuff or even better, just reboot your Mac and uh, it'll probably run a little bit faster than it was just uh, just running. So that's a that's the little gimme. That's the bonus aside for today, John. Now, there's a, a, another way that you can very quickly find out about your... Uh your VM files, and that's uh, our pal menu, menu meters. meters. Yeah, um, they have a memory option. I'm looking at it right now, yep. and at the very bottom, if you click on the memory usage, it'll show at the bottom. And mine right now in my PowerBook says swap files. One swap file present in the directory that you just mentioned. Yep. One at peak usage, and it says 64 megs total swap space. So yeah, so I'm probably pretty in pretty good shape. You're, it sounds like you're in great shape. You're in better shape than I am. I have two open, so I'm at 128. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Things that your Mac doesn't do. Things that your Mac does behind your back. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have something, John? I have more, but you know, you know, I'm, well, I'm the, the, thing, I'm the, the spaz, the, so you know. Yeah. The uh, the the virtual memory thing. The other thing I think it's worth worth mentioning is that uh, in the system preferences under security, if you are concerned about your virtual memory, there is an option: use secure virtual memory. And do you know what this does? Um. From what I can see here when I do the mouse over, it says prevent others from reading virtual memory data left on your hard disk. Ah, I'm so does that mean sure what it does? Does that mean that it uses different ver and, and and I'm asking this question, well, if you know the answer, John, great, but if not, I'll I'll ask it to you, our listening audience. Uh, does that mean that it's using separate virtual memory files for each user and setting the permissions on them such that not each user so that each person has to you know creates their own and doesn't essentially virtual memory is not shared from user to user is that what that means i have no idea i would assume all i know is that i've seen the option when cruising around on the system preferences yeah. and it sounds like something uh, sounds like a good thing yeah well or it could be but file vault sounds like a good thing too but it's it's piggishly slow so that's uh that, that's my feeling anyway um you know, you all know that I'm a fan of, of Apple's backup program, which uh, is available to anyone who has a .Mac membership. But uh, the, uh, the, the, the new backup 3.0 allows you to backup multiple Macs to your .Mac account, which is something you could not do previously and actually makes a big difference for me here because I have little bits of data from different Macs that I back up. Well, there were some old files out there, and I needed to go ahead and wipe out uh, from one of the computers. I needed to wipe out stuff and just sort of refresh the backup. And so I did that. I went to, uh, you know, remove from backup uh, menu in the, uh, or the option in the menu there. And it did. It removed all the data that that Mac had put out there and all the data from every other Mac that had backed up. So be aware. Yes. Efficient. Yes, very efficient. Thorough. Yeah, thorough. Yeah. Maybe not what you wanted. Though. Not exactly what I wanted, though. I, I, when I went to do it, I thought, I wonder if it's going to do this. So thankfully, I knew to look, and then I just ran around and, and forced a backup on all the other Macs, and, and, uh, and I was in, you know, back to protected state. But uh, I was left with my pants down for, for a couple of minutes there. So mm. that's not a good okay. thing. <laughs> do, are we supposed to wear pants to podcast, though? 
I do. <laughs> okay. We'll leave it at that then. Are we, are we, are we, now, you are know, we oversharing? Mac, yeah. Mentioning .Mac and a little security here. Now, this is something I actually kind of stumbled across the other day. Now, normally, now I use two chat clients. Uh, I use, you know, of course, iChat. Um, oh, yeah. The AIM mode. Yeah. You know, uh, AOL Instant Messenger, which uh, isn't secure. I- insecure is all heck, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sends stuff out in the clear, which, you know, a lot of other things do. We may get to those in, in it, a moment here. And sends but it through AOL this. servers, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, that's right. You know, Oscar or whatever, whatever right, the, the right. server is there. So, um, you know, if you're concerned about security, now, now one option is that they have something called Jabber. Um, right. They use Jabber, and Jabber has the option. At least uh, I chat right now. Uh, the Jabber client only supports SSL. It doesn't support something newer called uh, TLS, which uh, some of the newer clients do. Or at least the last I tried it, uh, working with some coworkers, because we uh, for the nine to five we do use Jabber. Um, and I actually verified that it is secure in SSL mode because I fired up this uh, kind of little tangent here, but a, a nice little uh, packet sniffer called Ethereal. Uh, it, really? Ethereal, yeah, you mean? If you haven't heard of that. And, and that's something I actually access through. They have something very nice called Think, which is a package manager, and it allows you to access a lot of open source Unix things, and they're tuned for, uh, for OS X. Oh, okay. uh, but Etherreal is very nice, and it actually has an X11 option, so it's graphical. But this is a packet monitor. You specify the interface, uh, Ethernet or um, otherwise, and it'll basically just you know do a disassembly of all portions of the packet, you know all the all the headers, including the data. And I pretty much verified that uh, you know Jabber, the, the Jabber implementation with SSL, is in fact scrambling the data. Unfortunately, I saw some other data, most notably uh, checking into my email server. Uh oh. Which, uh, and you know, that's just the problem with a lot of ISPs is that they just don't offer. They offer regular old pop. And that's oh, about yeah. It. Yeah, that's very that's insecure. That's a problem with a lot of ISPs. There's just yep. a, the, the one that I use, they just don't have a secure option. Well, and so, the, the, uh, biggest, the biggest problem with, with mail, yeah, I mean, sure enough, you and I, you know, your computer transferring mail back and forth to the server. If you're using pop and, and, and no SSL, you're right. It's totally insecure. But the big problem is even if you are using secure, even, you know, secure SMTP to send and secure pop to, to receive the data sent from server to server. So let's say, you know, I'm sending an email to, to John, the, the data sent from my local mail server or my provider's mail server to the TMO mail server, that's all out in the open. I mean, if somebody were to get out there and sniff those packets that, you know, there's, there's no security there. And yeah. I don't. Now, the yeah. good news is not a lot of people are in a position to uh, right. sniff packets at that level. But not if at you're that in level. A yeah. insecure environment uh, right. where somebody has access to the uh, the router or switch or whatever. Yep. Um, but back to dot .Mac um, and chatting is like Reeling the train back I was in. going through. Yeah, getting the train back on the track here is that <laughs> dot .Mac, if you use dot .Mac and iChat, and from what, I, from what I saw in the description, we'll put in the show notes, but there is a secure version of... Um, I chat, but it relies on a .Mac account, and, and what happens, I, I haven't actually gone through it. Maybe you, uh, you have .Mac, right? I do, yeah. I you checked it out. You actually try that then. What it does is it generates uh, what's known as a security certificate for right. both of us, and that's the basis. We're not going to go into a lot of detail. It's public, private key, sign, all that stuff. But, but um, if you do, actually, you and I should try it and uh, yeah. give people feedback, but if you, if you have a .Mac account and the person you want to chat with has a .Mac account, there is a, a secure dot uh, mac iChat option so that's nice too so normally there's, there's a link for it apple's got a, a page describing it we'll we'll put that in the show notes for you too yep right 
Oh, I didn't mean to stop you, but <laughs> I just wanted to interject that. <laughs> but I thought I mentioned that because you mentioned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? about? Let, let's let's pick one or two more. We actually have an audio comment about uh, someone asked a couple of weeks ago. Let's just mm-hmm. go ahead and do it. Right. I mean, you know, that's what that's what we're here for. Can I find it here? Oh, do I not have it? I could have sworn I had it. No, maybe not. I don't have it. Um, uh, so go ahead and tell them about something else. I'll see if I can find it. Uh, okay. I could do a rant. No, no. T- let's, let's stay on the topic here uh, of the, right, the, the things here. Later. Yeah. Now, here's some other things. Uh, things you may not know are happening. Now, uh, uh, here's one that I like. And, and you see this in various, uh, um, you know, various places here. Safari and a lot of web browsers. Now, depending on what environment your machine is in, uh, you may want to, at least here on uh, in Safari, there's a history tab, and that's a history of where you've been. Yeah. You may want to be careful about that, depending on if you have a shared machine or if there are sites that you go to you'd rather not have other people know about, especially people that share the machine and are on the same account. Now, of course, one way to solve that is to use different accounts for different people. Right. But um, you may want to watch your history. And it... <laughs> A funny little story about um, a consulting gig I did a while ago is that um, Windows uh, keeps a little, uh, normally keeps a little little uh, history of files that you've opened. <clears throat> Unless you say you may want to be careful about that as well. Right. Well, OS ten OS ten does too, right? If you go to uh, the, the uh, there are a, a place where it, uh, it keeps all that stuff. Doesn't it keep a list of uh, most recently used files and all that stuff? Mm. I may have that shut off. I don't know. Yeah. Um, if you go to the Apple menu and you go to recent items, don't you have uh, applications, documents, and servers listed there, John? Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Okay, so same same as... Uh... <gasps> oh, God. It's the same as Windows. But there there is something <laughs> r- related back to Safari uh, in, in Tiger anyway. I believe it was 10.4 where it was introduced. If you go to the Safari menu, there is an option called uh, private browsing that will stop it from logging anything to the the history while you're while you're doing that and then you can also reset safari which will reset everything but but clear out the history as well i believe it'll also reset your bookmarks though so you got to be careful of that one yeah so look at that menu that's handy i forget how to disable it i think there's a one of the system preferences lets you uh well i'm not sure what happened to this guy's uh this guy's file here his uh his uh fell into the bit bucket i I think so which is which is very odd but Mm. uh Suffice to say, it's uh, it's gone. Maybe we'll, we'll find it next time because it was it had some some uh, some good stuff in there. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about our our podcasting setup here, because uh, as you've heard, uh, last week's show was actually the catalyst to me doing this. Because from about the five minute mark until I think the uh, the eleven minute mark, John and I were out of sync. And there's a problem, as I've come to find out. The, the, I use Audio Hijack Pro to record the show, and uh, and John. Uh, John and I use Skype, and so I take my input from uh, from my my computer here and send that over to John via Audio Hijack, and uh, and then I also can record it. And there's something weird with the inputs, uh, anything using Line In and Core Audio and OS 10. And this is going to get a little geeky on the on the audio the audio OS 10 side of things. So hopefully hopefully there's enough of you that will enjoy this. Uh, Just a little geeky. It, it's going to get more than a little geeky, I think. Lucky. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to put on my seatbelt. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, this is good stuff. Uh, so the uh, there's this thing where the longer you have a line in channel open and active, uh, it starts adding some delay to it. And and sometimes that delay can come in a big chunk. And that you heard that at about the five and a half minute mark of last week's show. And so John and I were out of sync. I step on John enough as it is with us yeah. being out. Of, and I wasn't hearing <laughs> him out of sync, but he was hearing me out of sync and you were hearing me out of sync. So there was this weird, like, you know, three quarter second delay happening. And finally, I realized that there was something happening. And I realized, wait a minute, John's not hearing me when I'm hearing him. So uh, I went in and, and very quickly just, un, you know, undid and, and redid the uh, the line in input. And of course, that fixed it. But uh, but it it. it it brought me back to, to a, a quest that, uh, or a, a request that I had made months ago, which was, I want a way where I can sit here and I can hear what's being recorded, but I want to have a fader on my mixer that controls my level, of course, and, uh, and I can bring it up and down and all that. And then I want a fader that controls John, and I want a fader that controls iTunes, which is what we run. Currently, we run the, uh, you know, the songs and the, the comments through that. We may use Megaseg in, in the future, but currently we use iTunes. So I want separate faders for each of those. And I was trying to figure out how to do that. But, and I, was, I kept thinking software. Everything we'd done basically was software. Well, the folks at Mackie uh, a couple of months ago sent me this board called the Onyx 1220, which is a 12-channel uh, mixer with a FireWire option. And so I, I'm looking at it, and I've been using it to do the show, and it's cool because I can actually pull each each channel uh, has a, a direct insert to the Mac, so I could actually have 12 channels recording discreetly into the Mac, which is cool. Um, and so I started looking at it and thinking, okay, wait a minute, the Mac has two channels out, um, and really we record the show in mono because it doesn't need to be stereo. So I thought, wait a minute, two channels. I can do one channel for iChat and one channel for John, and then I've already got myself coming into the mixer, and then I can mix it all at the mixer, hear the same thing in my earphones, and send that final output out to Audio Hijack, and now I'll know what's being recorded. Make sense, John, so far? Mm -hmm. You with me? I'm with you. Hopefully, hopefully everyone else is too. So what I've done is uh, still using Audio Hijack, and, and it, it's an integral part of this setup, because what I do is I capture the iTunes input, uh, the iTunes songs with with Audio Hijack, and so I'm doing what they call an application hijack, and I hijack iTunes, and I use the Monomizer plugin to make everything mono. So it takes the stereo signal from iTunes, makes it mono, and then I use the balance plugin to send it all to the left channel, and then I send that out to the max normal sound output. I do the same thing with Skype, except I send it to the right channel, monomize it, which I didn't have to do, but it just for the sake of thor being thorough. Monomize it, send it out to the right output. Then I have a thing that comes out of the, the Mac and it splits it out into eventually <clears throat> two quarter inch inputs, one into a separate channel on the mixer. So now I've got those channels coming into the mixer separately, two faders, one for John, one for uh, the, the iTunes, and then a third one obviously for me. Perfect. Then I take, uh, of course, I want John to be able to hear me and hear iTunes, but not hear himself, because if I made John hear himself, he would hate it. Like, talk for a second, John. Mm, I'm going to talk for a second. Are you getting yourself back in the mix? Oh, that's terrible. Yes, exactly. You don't want to hear yourself. And you guys didn't hear that, but there's a big echo for oh, John. Well, I want to hear myself. But... Well, but not like that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I use the, the, uh, the monitor channel on the, uh, on the board 
I run that uh, for, and I run myself out of that and the iTunes out of that, but not John. And I actually run that back into a channel on the board that you don't hear and, uh, and then capture that channel and send that back out to Skype. And that's what John hears. The overall signal, of course, sent back via Firewire to the Mac. Uh, and the Mac captures that. And then I'm actually hearing the echo back from the Firewire channel because the latency is low enough to that it, so that it doesn't drive me crazy. And, uh, and so I'm hearing everything that, that, that you folks are in theory hearing. But this is our experiment. And uh, I've been keeping an eye on the levels and in hopes that, uh, that it's not horrendous. But uh, I think we've got things balanced, and certainly we know if there are any any glitches. And I heard something earlier in the show; it was like a little pop, and I'm curious to hear if that uh, that actually appeared on the thing. But hopefully, that'll keep me from talking over John, at least, uh, you know, intentionally, unintentionally rather. <laughs> intentionally, <laughs> keep the intentional going. Yes, we'll keep the intentional going. So. That's uh, that is that is that I, I am going to uh, try and post some screenshots of that and and a, a little diagram if uh, if I can make something that's actually intelligible. John actually did a great diagram of his setup that, that he described a couple of weeks ago. And so I'm going to get both of those posted, hopefully before we go to Macworld. And that's a perfect, perfect killer freaking segue right there, because next week we're at Macworld and uh, I'm sure you're both. We're, we're both. We busy. Yeah. We're both busy packing, right? Have you got your later hosen packed yet, John? No. <laughs> no, they're still they're still being 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 washed. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I have I have mine packed. Good. Uh, we have we John and I are going to be doing a lot of different things at MacWorld, and want to make sure you folks know about them. And one thing has been added to the list, kind of. Uh, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. So uh, on Tuesday, the tenth. At 2.30, John and I are podcasting, uh, doing the Mac Geek Gab from the podcast stage, uh, which is booth number 749. There are chairs there. You folks can come in. on a stage? Well, it's just a, a booth with a table and some chairs. Don't, don't be afraid. Uh, and, and, when, and when you see the big stage and all the lights, John, it, you're just imagining it. It doesn't really exist. <laughs> you're supposed to imagine the audience in their underwear, right? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, at Macworld, oh, that, that should be forbidden. Not all the Mac geeks. No, that's right. Well, maybe some of them. <laughs> so we're doing that on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night is actually Deborah Shadowitz's Party for the People, which is uh, at 8 p.m. at the Park 55. I um, got uh, allowed myself to be roped into uh, to actually singing a uh, number or two at that party. So I think Chris Breen and I are going to do something there. Oh, cool. Maybe I'll stop by. You should stop by. Uh, a party to go to. Boy, yeah. we have a lot. Yeah, there are and, multiple parts. And I told I told Deb if my face was good enough, I would I would uh, happily sing. And, and it, it's getting better. Uh, it's yeah. actually I, I had a little bit. I think I had a little bit of a relapse on Friday. I got off the meds, uh, the the steroids and the antibiotics ended. I think both on Christmas Day, and uh, this past Friday, I noticed some pain creeping in behind my ear and things sort of going backwards. Mm-hmm. So they actually put me back on both of those. So not really happy about steroids or antibiotics. However. Uh, given the alternative, I guess. Yeah, we maybe you forward. could play some uh, professional sports there. Or something. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so I am podcasting on steroids for full disclosure. That's right. Because <laughs> we don't put the podcast police to. Uh, that's right. That's right. Take us out. I don't think you're allowed to be uh, chemically enhanced. For, no, uh, I, I don't think so. Although it might, in my case, it might actually be a good thing. <laughs> uh, so that's that. Of course, Wednesday night 
is uh, the big uh, oh, and and the, the podcast that we do on 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 Tuesday, it, the we will be released through our normal feed and all that stuff. So those of you that aren't at MacWorld will hear us talk. The planned topic is Steve Jobs, whatever t- happens at the keynote. Now, if Steve pulls a dud out like a like a you know whatever he didn't like, was it two thousand three, where the keynote was just you know long and. We waited for one more thing, and there never was one more thing. But it was like two hours anyway, and it was a big... Yeah, that was kind of a snoozer. It was a snoozer. So if he pulls out a snooze fest, John and I are going to have to get creative and and come up with something quick to talk about. But uh, otherwise, we'll be talking about our reactions to the keynote and and what we've seen uh, there. Then uh, Wednesday night at 8 p.m., Cirque de Mac Party 3.0 featuring the Mac World All-Star. Let me do that again. Hang on. i got to do this better. Cirque du Mac Party 3.0 featuring the Macworld All-Star Band. All right, that's better. No, right? that, was, that was pretty good. Did you hear the reverb that time, John? No. Oh, okay. Well, I only okay. think you can hear it. I, I think I can hear it. I'm pretty sure. Now here, I got a reverb. No. No, no, no. You told me not to touch that button. Don't touch that button. <laughs> the FX button. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that. And then Thursday, John and I will be doing another podcast, but this one not live. This will be our, our, you know, standard from the hotel room kind of thing. We might do a short little video cast to, uh, if we're able to, to make all that uh, work technology speaking and, uh, and see where we go with that. But that's the, uh, that's the plan. And then uh, Friday all day, uh, assuming my face behaves and I got to make this decision shortly here, but uh, I'm moderating the, the podcasting market symposium. And then John and I, are doing a session at one forty-five p.m. there, so that's our uh, Friday the thirteenth. I didn't notice. Yeah, I know, nice. and I'm like the most superstitious guy in the world too with really? that stuff. Oh, it's it's stupid. I shouldn't be nearly as superstitious as I am, uh, but but I I am. It's just you know whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't look at calendars in the future because you know you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to look into the future. I really shouldn't be talking about this because then suddenly all these no. people are going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what else? How are we on time? Uh, we're at thirty-seven minutes. We should, uh, yeah. we could start wrapping it up. We've we've been rambling long enough, don't you think? Yeah, I wanted to mention one more thing about you know that, that oh. you know what that Mac does behind your back. And actually, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah, it, bring us back around. Oh, I, and I do have well, a couple of corrections to to talk about from last week's show. But go ahead and do your thing, and then we'll. Uh, yeah, because we got to say, you know, we're geeks, but we don't know it all. No, or, no. And that's you the, know, and, I, I and, say it all the time. Yeah, that's the best thing about this podcast. It, we do it, it off the top of our heads for the most part. So, uh, so actually, we, I, yeah. I do some research. Yeah, no, I do too. But. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as things that happen behind your back, now here's a really quick one. Okay. Uh, system preferences, accounts, login items. Ah, uh, yes. Every now and then you'll get an application. Like here, I'm looking at the list of things here, and some of these things I know about, and actually, it's a handy place if you have things that you would always like loaded when you log in. This is where you go, and you can choose it. But some applications will put things in there. Like um, right here, I see Little Snitch Daemon. I believe it's Daemon or Demon. Some people pronounce it one way, some the other. It's basically a background process. And uh, that's because I like using this thing called Little Snitch. So that put that in there on startup. And and you can see a list of things, actually. And if you do a mouse over or cursor over for a moment, it'll show you exactly where it resides. Now, this may be useful at times if, you know, something's kind of acting up. And you're wondering, why why are things acting up? It could be because an application installed a little extra thing without you knowing it. And uh, I'm looking here, and some of these, you know, like I see Palm, Background App, and uh, and a few other things. So uh, that's kind of handy. But the one here that is just a treasure trove 
of little things that are going on in the background, and, and you could just spend your life looking at this, is the console application. Ah, yes. Now, this is in your utilities folder, application utilities. And this is uh, basically, you know, a lot of the Unix roots of, uh, <clears throat> of OS X, is that almost every application, when it has something to say or something to log, um, and it's not necessarily, you know, something bad, though it could be, it'll put it somewhere in this. And uh, I'm looking right now at system.log. So it'll show you, you know, logs. Uh, so that's kind of system level stuff. And like here, mm -hmm. for example, I just saw a very interesting thing. Yeah. NTPD time reset 0.32789 seconds. Your computer set that's its clock. That's actually the uh, that's actually the time reset. So yep. every now and then, if you have your uh, you know clock set, that's actually what it's doing. Is it's running this little thing called NPTD, and every now and then it'll go out to a time server, and if there's a difference, it'll uh, set the clock. But you can really learn a lot about what your uh, Mac is doing in the background. Yeah, and it actually, this can snitch on you too. You know, I'm looking in uh, in my console yeah. log, and I'm seeing that it. Uh, I created a disk image the other day, and it actually tells exactly what image I created, what I named it, and where I saved it. So, and it also talks about that I had no space left on the drive when I started to do it. So there you go. Oops. Yeah. Well, you know. But there's a clear option if you want to clear those out. But uh, yes, you probably find right. the most interesting application specific stuff is where you have uh, tilde which is your home directory slash library slash logs yeah and that's uh where a lot of applications uh, so if you suspect that a certain application is unhappy or misbehaving you're probably going to find it in that uh you know in that place or i see another thing here crash reporter slash library slash logs if something crashes then it probably will put it there yeah but, uh, console is just full of all sorts of uh meaty stuff wonderful little tidbits about what what is going on in the background and and you could spend forever going through these um, i think you could that i toss out there yeah so that's uh that'll wrap up our our first podcast of the new year right number uh number 32 you're still here right john i'm with you okay good uh if you want to sponsor the show you can uh, do so at the uh, backbeat media podcast network uh, we have all kinds of things to ask you to do. Vote for us at Podcast Alley. Uh, post comments at iTunes. And we, great ones. and we have things to give you, like Gmail invites, if you'd like one. And uh, tickets to the, uh, the, the Cirque de Mac Party 3.0 uh, on Wednesday night at Macworld. If you're going to be there, let us know. We can, uh, we've still got a couple of tickets left for, uh, for reserved for listeners only. Uh, but not a whole lot. So if you, uh, if you want them and you haven't asked, some of you have already asked and you're on the list. Uh, if you haven't asked, come and, uh, and ask us. And, uh, let's see what was, oh, we should, we should talk about this correction from the last show. We can do all the bands playing, right? We'll just make the band a little quieter. Cause see, I can do that now. Yeah. Shoot guys. Uh, so Christopher Raymond wrote in. Uh, when booting from an installer disk, you go to the utilities menu to access disk utility or password reset options, not the installer menu. And uh, that changed actually in, in Panther 10.3. So in 10.2 and earlier, it was all in the installer menu. Now it is in the uh, utilities menu. So that's uh, one thing. And uh, he says when running FSCK at the command line, you'd normally type slash SBIN slash FSCK hyphen uh, space hyphen Y. But if you add the F flag, i.e. space hyphen FY, it forces the repairs so you don't have to, uh, to, to, to manually go through those options. Easy to remember. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Apple's disk utility GUI, according to him, is, or Apple's disk utility is a GUI to uh, the FSCK command. However... 
let's see. Uh, there was someone here who said that uh, he had a problem, booted from the DVD, his Mac wouldn't boot, booted from the DVD, ran disk utility, and it would not repair the disk. However, he went to the command line, single user mode, ran FSCK, and it did repair the disk. So maybe FSCK and disk utility are not as related as we thought. Or maybe is it running it in, maybe in multi-user mode? Should, maybe. maybe. Shouldn't be, though. User mode. Maybe because the disk was open. Mm. All right. Uh, audio comments. MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. Send in your uh, phone us at 206-666-GEEK. Mm. We'll see you at Macworld, or you'll hear us from Macworld. Catch you on the other side. <laughs>